like people don't buy what you're selling they buy us don't they so i feel like that if that's represented in our brand that's congruent right and it's like you can tr- people can trust you because it's like she's not going to pretend to be a thing that she's not and i can be safe here to be in her energy of like who exactly she is and it's like some i wear adidas i wear i wear you know i've got, I've got this streetwear kind of thing on and i've got an altar just there with like crystals and candles mm. and you know it's like it doesn't matter it's congruent because it's me some people have, oh that's are you street or are you spiritual i'm both that's my life but how delicious that's that those me. two things could coexist totally and they can because somewhere where where says that they can't just a construct of bullshit says that they can't you know it's like look at someone who you love and go oh okay maybe i'm the you know so i go i'm the um uh, tupac and esther perel right if Esther Perel and Tupac had a kid, <laughs> that's me. Hi and welcome to The Passion PT. I'm Dan Brophy, a creative wellness coach, motivational speaker and pop culture vulture. I'm here to break down the creative process into simple techniques that you can use to achieve your goals faster. The Passion PT philosophy is that everyone is creative, and by developing and enhancing your creativity, you can improve how you work each day, nurture a hobby or side hustle, or even use creative play as a wellness technique. So join me as I share inspiration, thought starters, and tools to enhance and train your focus and expression a little bit more each day to achieve your best possible output. Does the universe give you clues over the course of your whole life as to what your true purpose is? In today's episode, I'm talking to Tamika Wilder, who is a bodywork and somatic sex coach. One of the reasons why I reached out to Tamika, and she and I have known each other for years, is because recently I noticed her online presence growing and she was putting a frame around her ideas in a way that was such an interesting spin on the work of being a sex coach. It was a refreshing modern take on how to relay information in that space. And instantly I thought this is a really exciting time in Tamika's journey as a thought leader in her space. And what a wonderful way to share her journey and what's brought her to this place and also what her trajectory is for her next steps, which might be able to help anyone else out there who's looking to find a way to share ideas. Doesn't have to be in a coaching space necessarily. Doesn't have to have anything to do with sex. It's really just about finding a way to turn what you love into what you do, to find your ideal clients, to grow your community, to know who you are in the space of your industry, and to work out how to personalize that and to make the branding feel unique to you and to work out how to set up an offering like that in the first place. I always come away from my podcast interviews with some new learnings that shed light on a different facet of the creative experience. But what I came to realize in talking to Tamika was that Often when you land on the thing that really means something to you, you can look back on your journey and you can see a series of clues that the universe has left for you in order to lead you to that place. As if you've been gifted a series of learning modules in order to equip you with everything that you need. And by following your inner compass towards things that you are passionate about, you actually will lead yourself 
in the direction that you're meant to go in. Sometimes we think if we haven't done a career out of a passion, was it really worthwhile? And actually, yeah, it was because in order to get to where you need to go, you need to follow those leads. So in this chat, you're going to hear about the benefit of working with a, a think tank, as that's something that Tamika is doing right now. She's part of a group that shares ideas, and she talks about the reason why you might like to do that and what she's gotten out of that process. Her approach to branding is a really interesting and refreshing angle because many people are overwhelmed by the idea of what their offering looks like in terms of branding. We discuss gathering research and being hyper aware of what other people in your industry or field are doing, sometimes just for the purpose of ignoring it or going in the opposite direction and working out what's right for you. And we also talk about the importance of turning up to the page or the screen, or the camera, or the instrument, regardless of how you feel. Because as Tamika knows, as a mother of two, if you wait until you feel inspired, you'll never get anything done. And on that point, in terms of trying to negotiate a busy lifestyle, she also talks about the importance of boundary setting and scheduling to balance life demands. If you want to get in contact with Tamika, her Instagram handle is at orgasmicmama. And I'm going to link that in the show notes. Uh, my own Instagram handle is at Dan Brophy. And like always, if you find the conversation inspiring, the very best thing you can do is share it with someone that might find it inspiring also. Please enjoy my chat with Tamika Wilder, aka Orgasmic Mama. And another thing to look out for that I really enjoyed about chatting with Tamika is she listens like nobody I've ever spoken to has listened before. It was a really beautiful lesson in active listening. So enjoy. So, Tamika, thanks Hello. for having a chat. Yeah. So I like to start by saying, asking people, when someone says, hey, what do you do? Mm. What do you tell them? Mm. I tell people that I'm a somatic sex coach and I help people learn how to have good sex with the tools they have available inside their body. What's somatic refer to? Um, when I talk about somatic, it refers to <clears throat> our bodies, mm. learning through the body, um, changing the habits of the body, using tools like breath, sound, movement, placement of awareness, conscious touch. Um, everything we ever learn is not just with language. We learn things through the body all the time. You know, we're sitting, we're standing, we're breathing, we're lying down, we're dancing, we're laughing, we're crying. It's all the body. They're not just concepts. So if we want to up-level through something, we need to involve the body, not just the mind. When um, was that? What was the process of discovering that that was your in and... What were your clues along the way, even far back when that was just a, on the horizon? Did you go, oh, there's something in this. There's something juicy that I'm, I yeah. need to know more about this. Yes. Mm. Um, I share this story a little bit, like when I talk to people about how I got you know, to where I am and what I do. And really it was about the fact that I was doing lots of changing my narratives, um, changing my mindset and healing from some of the traumas and things that I've experienced in my world. <clears throat> and I was like, oh, my mind's good. I feel good about this, you know? I feel solid with the mind. But why is it that when this person might put their beard on my leg or, you know, this temperature on my body, I get, I, I lose myself mm. again. 
because my mind's good, right? Yeah. So I was feeling life in a different way by attuning to my sensations and realizing there was still work to do. So then I'm like, the body was holding the keys for the next, it's the next level. The body knows. The body knows, the body keeps score. Yeah. So it was really just when I started experiencing sensations differently or realizing that I was still in a trauma response or still struggling um, through my felt sense that I needed to go there. Mm. And how long ago was, was that, that you started to think about it as being a vocational pursuit? Oh, yeah. Well, I feel like it was when I first started studying kinesiology because I started learning a lot more about meridian therapy and you know, acupuncture and moving energy and things like that. And, you know, I was lucky enough that when I was a child, my mum would take us to a kinesiologist or take us to get muscle tested. And so I always had this um, knowing for that inside of my body and inside of my yeah repertoire. And so studying kinesiology, I was like, it's more than just chit chat language. Um, so that's when it began. And then I studied EFT tapping and that deepened that again. Um, I guess that was like 10, ten years ago. Was, was that off the back of a, a previous <laughs> tertiary education journey you'd been on that you then came to kinesiology? I just knew that it was the next thing. I was working as a youth worker and doing case management and just working with kids that were like really intense um, in the education system. And the things that I wanted to try and I started working um, with them on the system, it just, there was no place for it inside the system. And I was like, this is not, this is not it anymore. Like I can't keep doing this quirky stuff. They were loving it. Um, but I was like, I need to expand this. And so I left that completely and went kinesiology, EFT, etc., tantra, etc. Uh, for those who don't know, cause I actually, one of my biggest breakthroughs came from going to see a kinesiologist for a few months at a point in which I was in my bad life, career, block, yeah. self-destructive, and was me sort of experiencing really bad back and neck pain that was a kinesiologist was recommended to me. Mm-hmm. And my discovery, and he was like, well, you, you're actually trying to protect yourself by curling mm-hmm. in on yourself. And I was just like doing this to protect myself from all the negative, depressed people around me in like a nasty sort of corporate environment. Yeah. So I, but, but if someone said to me, what does a kinesiologist do? I can't really wrap it up nicely to describe it. But what is a kinesiologist? Mm, uh, I'll do my best. Kinesiology is based in Chinese medicine, but it brings Western influences. You work on every single aspect of your being. So emotionally, physically, energetically, muscular, nutritional, lifestyle, uh, esoteric, beliefs, all of it is in kinesi and essentially we use muscle testing to chunk down into the priorities uh, the priority needs of your body um, and yet yeah, use all of those aspects of the being to find the truth of the story your body's trying to tell you so the hunching over your body's trying to tell you you know this is i feel unsafe but it can't tell you that any other way the language you needed you know the cognitive language and the language that we're using right now from the kinesiologist to say, oh, this is what your body's trying to tell you. You go, oh my God, that makes so much sense. Yeah. Yeah. Isn't it funny because, and then if, yeah, through that process, you then discover so many other things, but usually there's a nice jump off point or an, an entry point into that learning that comes from something you can't ignore anymore. Mm. It's funny how you get 
clues that might have been there, but so subtle that I wasn't able to pay attention to them yes. until my, it's so bad that my sleep is out of whack and my, I'm going to go get special shoes fitted because I'm walking with a limp because I'm so out of a literally, metaphorically and literally out of alignment. Yeah. And I'm seeing, it, I'm seeing all these costs rack up on these extra practitioners I need to go to see that are just dealing with byproducts of what is ultimately a life issue. And yes. isn't it funny to think... In my situation in particular, it was like, oh, you're just in the wrong career. Mm. And your truth is so out of alignment that you're uh, dis dysfunctional and you're creating a dis-ease in your body every yep. day. Yeah. Um, well, in terms of your where you are currently, what does that look like as far as turning an interest and a passion that you have for this way of working into a business, into a way of working with clients, into creating a space in which you can... Mm. people can find you mm. I feel like <clears throat> what's happened for me is that I just um, I had a similar situation where it was like enough I, that I can't tolerate doing anything except my authentic passion you know I had my own body's version of like oh need a new path new job you know not job but so um a new role. A new role. <laughs> and to take what I've actually been learning since childhood, actually, I've, I've realised that every single thing that's happened to me or that I've chosen or not chosen, every relationship, every moment, you know, every person I've ever met or shared my body with, every conversation has led me to where I am now. And it's like that moment of, oh, this is where I'm meant to be. Um... Once you get to a, a place of being really happy and grounded and satisfied with where you are, I reckon that you can always trace back and realize that you've been in, you've done modules throughout life that have led you to that place or yeah. that have prepped you for that or given you crash courses in the thing you needed without even knowing. You've yes. just been gifted this series of, of you know, almost like learning modules yes. to take you to that place. Yes. For me, I was recently thinking, well, why did I? Why was I so intent on being an actor if I was never going to pursue that? And it's like because everything I do is so performative. Yeah. Why did I think I was going to be a director if I? Because I actually need to make stuff in order mm. to get my ideas out. Oh, but why do I ultimately keep getting hooked on trying to tell stories about people not living their truth and needing to be creative in order to actualize? Oh, that's because that's what I need to do, and that's what I'm going to need to facilitate for other people through the work that I'm making. Oh my god, it all makes it's so cool. <laughs> Yeah, and I was like, oh, I've been doing this since I was a kid, like yes. since going to people's houses and going, can I look at your room so I can understand how your mind works by seeing how you arrange your toys, um, you know, like that. Um, <laughs> that to me, so that was like what, I've, what I'm playing a reverse whodunit in terms of yeah. going, this is what my journey's been. What, what about you? What have you been observing in your, what modules were you inadvertently taking that led you to, mm. to this place? I guess going all the way back to childhood, I do always remember some of my most vis visceral memories are actually around pleasure and sensation and uh, orgasm in my body. So I don't have many memories from childhood, but I have ones where I've had pleasure in my body. <laughs> so I'm like, that's cute. And a lot of people do. And I'm talking like three or four years old. Um, <clears throat> from there on, I suppose the next like big module was around sexual abuse as a teenager. Um, and 
that lasted for a couple of years and it was obviously very dis dismantled a lot of, um, you know, my trust and my innocence and, you know, lots of other things. That was a big module. But the next, I guess, decade after that was just like I was learning bodies unconsciously. You know, I was learning about people in a big um, variety of ways. Um, and then... I rapped, like I did poetry and rap for a while and I, and I really loved doing that. And I wasn't great, I don't think, I like, who knows, whatever, it was fun. But I think that was the piece around claiming my voice enough to talk about what had happened to me. And I didn't realise that at the time, I thought, you know, I'm just doing my artistry and I'm creating poetry and it feels lovely. But actually it was all the practice of bringing everything forward that had happened um, and that culminated in um, then going to the police station and, you know, making proper reports and um, putting this person in jail and pulling together all the other girls that that had ever happened to. Um, it was all about vocalising, you know, I was like, that's so weird. Where did that... It's just like you're sharing, like, the toys and it's... Yeah. Yeah. But also the thing that I, I love is that people would sometimes think if you're not going to be pursuing the craft to the degree that it is your job and it is the only thing that you do and you are successful as that thing, is it even worthwhile? Oh, my God. And, and this is what I hope that the purpose of my all of the things that I'm making through my channels is it's so worthwhile and you don't even know how worthwhile it is because you won't know until you until get to the next you know. thing. Yes. Until years down the track you're like well that's why i pursued that thing oh because i needed to develop that part of my expression or that that one little wing of my of myself that was as yet untapped yeah. needed to be actualized through that process and it took a weekend workshop or it took three years of play in that space yeah. or it took but just because it wasn't my job officially totally. doesn't make it any less vital yeah, not at all. It makes it even more vital in some ways, I think. Because if we're just choosing our job, if I was just choosing a job for the last 20 years, then I wouldn't have anywhere near the story that I have now or the creative expression inside of the way that I'm of service now. I would just be like, oh, I left a corporate job and now I'm trying a new thing, you know. But I was very willing to do lots of different things and just say yes, say yes, not sure, say yes, say yes. If you were to... Describe what the, the the most actualized version of this somatic healing work looks like. Do you do you think about yes, success for me now looks like working in this way, having this sort of practice, mm. being of service on this scale. Yeah, success for me now looks like um, <clears throat> serving on a really large scale. So very much one to many of the structures I want to put in place. I see lots of one on one clients and couples. You know, I work a lot with women and mums who are reclaiming their sexuality after birth and, you know, understanding what that their body's different now and the pelvis is different and mum and tummy and all that kind of thing because popping sexuality inside of that is actually goes against the social norms a fair bit because inherently, you know, mums aren't supposed to be sexual. But, you know, MILF is the second most ever Googled search term for porn. So, you know, everyone's pretty intrigued with the erotic mother. Anyhow, so one to many, I can't just spend my time, like, um, on Zoom or in this room one-on-one. -on -one. I'm, like, need to, I'm a messenger. I need to spread a message of permission. And that then is in service in homes, I feel, um, to create sex-positive homes and to create 
empowered parents that then pass on empowered messages to their kids around sexuality so we're not recreating the same shame and terror and hiding and stories um so yeah that's success for me one to many is like all that comes to mind but there's a lot inside of that like i have big visions you can hear and see that in my face i'm like it's, how do i answer this question <laughs> it's great it's great though because also as you set the intention towards one to many because it can have so many different that can that can actualize through a number of ways. Yes, podcasts. Um, also, uh, film. So like films, like people have come to me with films ideas, like erotic films and do- uh, documentaries and things like that. I feel like that'd be pretty cool. Um, yeah, it, it makes sense. In that video would be a great way to. For me, I always just think, okay, what is the the, the lowest barrier to entry for people to understand my ideas? Yeah. It's less, once upon a time, it was about what do I as a creative person want to make? Mm-hmm. And yes, it is that. But actually, if it's made and it doesn't resonate or land or even re- be received in the best possible way, mm. was it as effective? And mm. now I think, you know, uh, retrofitting a concept based on the most delicious, palatable way that the target market can mm. consume the idea is, to me, what is successful. Yes then you're in service because people can actually consume it otherwise it's just may as well be on a hard drive are, are people uh, find <clears throat> how do people find find you and is that the challenge mostly instagram and word of mouth um i am getting i do lots of um i guess podcasts like this and people ask me to write on their you know in their magazines and feature on different bits so i people stumble upon me Mm, but word of mouth, like, is a lot, which actually feels quite small when I say that. I'm like, people just tell others about me. Is that okay? You know, this is what comes to mind. But, um, yeah, what's the challenge? I think it's actually getting all of my ideas and sticking with one for long enough to really chunk into it and create the solid structures and systems so... Yeah, I have a foundation, and then from there I can have arms, you know, and legs and branches. Well, when I think about being one to many in terms of how I'd like to manufacture my propaganda, mm-hmm. I think about um, the way in which I want to be able to meet people through this podcast and the way in which I want to... I had a friend who contacted me because we used to be in the same building. They were a graphic design company downstairs. And we were a content agency upstairs. And she said, my boyfriend wants to get into being a photographer. Would you mind just having a chat with him? Because I think you, I get the feeling you'd be able to steer him in the right direction. Mm-hmm. I was like, bring him to, give him to me. Can't wait. Okay. And we, we chatted for an hour and I just was able to go, where are you at right now? Where are you stuck? What are your pain points? And I was thinking, okay, well, and I was able to really just have a lovely, delicious conversation, which was as beneficial for me as it was for him in terms of, I came away from it going, great. Now I know that when you're, a creative who is in a day job but doesn't allow you to facilitate that, what do you need? You need to be able to have the talent part of your thing, which is being developed, and you need to have the talent for your talent, which is how do I create a, a desirable business offering to facilitate and expand on the thing that I'm getting better at mm-hmm. over here. And even just talking it out in a really compartmentalized way was so great for me. And I know that I'm going to now make a piece of content that allows many other people who are in a similar situation to Joe, yes. no matter what t- um, craft they're doing, not necessarily the photographer, 
Breakthrough 101, but the new creative trying to make an inroad into a, a new form of expression 101, that will allow me to turn those that one-on-one -on -one conversation into something um, bigger. And that's, the, that's how I'm doing one-to-many. So maybe the way in which you're doing you're meeting people face-to-face -face, will, mm. will add to your case studies for how people in the wider context can use your ideas. Totally. Endlessly it does. Like, all my notes arrive as posts, like, in the next days, you know. Isn't it? Yeah, totally. That, yeah. that, that feeds the... Because as a content creator, sometimes the challenge is how do I come up with enough fuel for this machine? Yes. But if you're focusing on service, you're unable you, you've got so much stuff you want to get out because once you once it doesn't become about how can i make a pretty picture or a nice piece of graphic once it goes um my community really needs to know this yes that's a great inroad into totally to getting active yeah they keep saying the same things and i'm and now it's my responsibility to package that in a way that i know another 150 people will be yeah having the same issue like package it give it before you're, they ask me for it. <laughs> the packaging is beautiful, actually, and that's, that's one of the clues. The, what, what led to this conversation today is we bumped into each other at Golden Plains, and I was like, oh, my God, yes. Tamika, I haven't seen you for so long. And then I checked out what you were doing on Instagram, and I was like, this is good. Like, I could see that, that you know, it's a, it's a newly developed form of expression to take real-life conversation and turn it into graphics. It's such a funny concept mm. that the average person is being expected to become a a brand creator designer of sorts which i love i think everyone should be forced to be more to flex in all those ways but i like that what i saw had a sexy color palette was bold it looked very graphically kind of modern and i thought well you're doing a great job of representing these ideas in a super palatable way that instantly lets me into the world based on color and the simplicity of the graphics and that sort of thing is that was that all your design did you have to get inspiration from somewhere how did you decide that that was mm. the look it was all mine i was really sure that i actually wanted to do it myself because i didn't want to go via the industry standard so there's like my industry right and i'm intent on forgetting my place in the order of things like there's no fucking ladder to climb. There's no one to be like, oh, usually people who do erotic embodiment use these types of sexy photos and there's smoke and there's lights and there's snakes. Nah, I wanted to be like any human, any person can arrive in my space and feel like they are safe to be there no matter where they're at in their journey. So it just had to be very me and very ground level and very warm and like a warm hug, not like, well, when you become, you know, a sensual kind of goddess then you might it's not that so that's what it was based on i'm like it's my love purple it's this beautiful like warm kind of earthy tone of a tan color and it's black because i love black and it's bold and i'm quite bold and yeah so that's how i landed at it it was basically look at what everyone else was doing in my realm that i've never really attached to anyway and just do me instead it felt to me like really if you told me that, that this was just a streetwear label that I could buy into, I'm like, I'm there. Mm -hmm. Let me, and I think that is so exciting because I think for anyone listening to this who looks at what their industry is doing and thinks, no, not, that's not really me though. That doesn't mean that you're out of step. It actually means that what you're going to do in response to that is 
new and necessary totally. and and you and you yeah and i like that you i mean the average person who wants to create content around their ideas won't necessarily feel confident to open up an adobe suite program and make the thing but actually even just to be able to have a conversation with a designer that you're working with to be like look i don't like what exists already yeah i do know that i want it to feel simple yeah. and grounded and w whatever your values are because that's a great way to translate something that is real world into graphic or mm -hmm. into the design space and then go and actually me personally i like this color i like this color i want it to feel warm and i want it to feel simple and easy yes and then that will come up that will allow you to create your solutions for these things that seem you know for uh, seem so hard to obtain i know that paul who is my ex-boyfriend who i do renovators mm -hmm. with he is so he can make anything he's so talented but he'll be but he'll be damned if he can choose a graphic, choose a font to represent what he does. Mm. So I've seen him really stumble when he comes to try and make a website for himself or put his work out there on Instagram because he doesn't think like that. And you're not, not everyone's meant to know these things. You can actually be really gifted in all sorts of creative fields and still not know how you look graphically. Yeah. But it's okay because some people don't know how to make food and some people don't know how to dress That's and some people true. don't know how to... And you can learn it. You can learn it. Yes. Or you can ask a friend who's, who's, who might know where you can go to get totally. it. Totally, totally. And I think even, you know, there are so many good places to begin that search and so many great ways to, to solve the problem. That means not having to learn it yourself if you're not turned on by the idea of learning Absolutely. That, though, that does make me think of the fact that, like, people don't buy what you're selling they buy us don't they well, they buy how you make them feel how they make you feel and like oh to make it talks like this and you know they want to be around our energy like i'm sure people who arrive in your space are like oh great um i don't know why i'm here but he makes me, me feel good that's right yeah and i want more of him like mm. the way he talks the way he says a thing so i feel like that if that's represented in our brand that's congruent right and it's like you can tr people can trust you because it's like she's not going to pretend to be a thing that she's not and I can be safe here to be in her energy of like who exactly she is. That's so nice for me to hear and be reminded of because instantly I'm thinking I've got a couple of color pack, like logo ideas in mind and I'm like, well, I'm going to get rid of the black and white option because that's just not me. Don't you? You're never going to have a black and white experience. No. It's going to be primary colors at, at the very exactly. least. Exactly. Awesome. And it's like, some, I wear Adidas, I wear, I wear you know, I've got, I've got this streetwear kind of thing on and I've got an altar just there with like crystals and candles mm -hmm. and, you know, it's like, it doesn't matter. It's congruent because it's me. Some people have, oh, that's, are you street or are you spiritual? I'm both. That's my life. But how delicious that's that those me. two things could coexist. Totally, and they can because somewhere where, where says that they can't. Just a construct of bullshit says that they can't, you know? And, don't, and also, isn't it awesome that all these people who previously thought, well, maybe I'm not spiritual because I'm so street, will all of a sudden go, ah, oh, I can do that through that avenue because you've shown me yes. that those two things can coexist harmoniously. And it's, on my, it's, on my, it's, in, it's in my terms. Yes. In a way that I can, I can understand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I was thinking that too. When I was thinking about my branding, I'm like... I'm like, what would, I'm like, what would kind of like, for, how would Pharrell Williams do self-help stuff yes. with colour and with cool, like anchored into street kind of sensibility, but everything would feel a bit shamanistic, but at the same time, yes. very palatable and very effortless. I'm like, I'm like, that's what I want my brand to feel yes. like. I think that's actually a really um, 
commonly suggested uh, tool to use. It's like look at someone who you love and go, oh, okay, maybe I'm the, you know, so I go, I'm the um, uh, Tupac and Esther Perel, right? If Esther Perel and Tupac had a kid, that's me. True. (laughs) Right? True. Yes. So when you're like, oh, I'm doing Pharrell, it's like, cool. I'm doing Pharrell meets Julie Cameron of the Artist Way. Amazing. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, with a touch of Nigella. Sure. (laughs) With big vocab and, you know, and like, you know, delicious phrasing. Um, I love the idea that we we were making coffee before recording. Mm. We were talking about the mastermind that you tapped into this morning, which was something that you chose to invest time and money in as a business development tool. Yes. Um, what, for those who don't know, what's a mastermind? What do you stand to get out of it? And why did you mm. take it on? So my understanding is there are masterminds for all sorts of different things. I could run a mastermind tomorrow on how to you know, bring erotic charge to your body. This one I chose was specifically for business because I wanted to build those foundations I spoke about before and you know, learn from someone who's done it how you created the foundations and then all the branches, you know, and it's important to me to have more than one stream of income. So I looked at someone who I thought was doing that really well and opted in. It was also, um, I believe it's really around like getting a group, a group mind. It's like a hive mind. So you buy a whole team of, of brains. Um, help you chunk down on your target audience, help you look at your blind spots that, you know, your friends and family can't show you because, you know, they're not doing what the coaches are doing. Um, And, yeah, what else is in a mastermind? Oh, yeah, so we come together and, like, do fortnightly meetings and we have one-on-ones with our leader. (laughs) Are you um, you, you being set tasks in between meetings? Yes, tasks, lots of homework, yeah, lots to... um, create just make decisions on get feedback on what does it look like when you're doing a session is everyone taking the mic for a moment and talking about where they're at yeah so at times everyone shares the mic at times the facilitator will just be sharing information and you can write notes or um yeah they share different bits of their technology that you need to put your own brand and your own business through um yeah i was very conscientious lots of people offer masterminds lots of people offer coaching but it's like the same thing that i applied into my brand it's like who's going to who's me like you know who are my teachers not just like oh i see you earning all this cash and i see you being having big influence but do we talk the same language that was super important for me are there other participants in the mastermind uh do they have to be interested in the same thing that you're working on do they have to be in parallel industries yeah don't i don't think there's a rule with it but my take is that it's actually more valuable if there are loads of parallel industries and different types of creative expression because it's a broader representation of the impact and influence i can then have in the world rather than if all professionals of the same you know industry all had a chat we'd all just be in our box and confirming what you already know. Confirming what we already know and like kind of just like, oh, yeah. High-fiving each other around the constraints of the industry rather than, oh, what does someone who actually might buy for me, what do they say about this? Or someone I actually want to impact, what do they say about this? What, what are some questions uh, that you asked before signing up to this particular group? Mm. Um, I asked, am I going to learn exactly what you used to create what you've created 
and how is that going to look placed inside of my industry or laid into my offerings. So I had them really explain what their foundations would look like inside of the realm of sexuality. Um, I asked questions about how willing everyone is in the mastermind to actually be of service to one another and whether anyone's going to have an issue with working with someone who's a sexuality professional because that was like, I want, um, yeah, wanted to be really free. My expression is very important. If I'm going to spend time with these chicks, I'm like, can you palette all of me? <laughs> um, they were really my two big pieces. Everything else that I did was pre-work and I was like, oh, it feels so obvious to me now. If those two lock in, I'm yours, you know. When you were looking to, to formalise the offering, uh, so you knew that you were interested in this, this world, you were upskilling yourself on, on the body, kinesiology, somatic healing, and the point of uh, turning it into an offering for yourself, what did you feel that you were going to, that was going to be different about your offering and when you started to work out how to share it information-wise beyond the one-on-one, did you have any intentions around, I'm going to make the information feel like this, be really easy? What mm. was your, your, your contribution? Was it, was it always defined in your mind going into it? Um, it started, I just started to breathe more life into that thing I said before around being palatable, being gentle, being a safe and soft place to land, accepting people just as they are kind of thing rather than... Um, yeah, you have to be a certain type of person to access work with me. Um, I have a niche, but inside of that, it's like you don't have to, you know, have done anything beforehand. And um, so that was part of what I continued to tweak and, like, make sure that I was putting out Mm. uh, approachability. Yeah. Um, mm, What else? What about gathering? What about gathering of inspiration? Did you sort of? uh, Did you? How did you uh, consume? What 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 other stuff did you consume along the way in the process of Mm. devising your offering? Mm. Mm. Feel like I haven't done loads of that. I feel like there are some of my teachers that I like, and I'm like, I know your teachings, I love them and appreciate them, but I reckon I just, and I don't know if this is if this is okay or not, but. create based on what I know to be true about my experience of the world and all of my training and what I know people need and I just go for it I don't necessarily test my stuff through the lens of other very often and maybe that's a blind spot for me or maybe it's part of my magic too because it means that I just I'm like no this is my voice about it you know so yeah there are no no other brands like there are people that I love to learn from and like watch videos of and stuff, but you know, I don't know if that answers your question or not. But it absolutely does because I think you know instantly as you say that I'm thinking people who do really far out things sometimes are in a little bit of a vacuum. Like Grimes comes to mind. She doesn't listen to mm. anyone else's music, and her stuff sounds like it's from outer space. Mm. And now Lady Gaga rips her off for her latest album, mm. and three years later. So you know, like it's one of those things where chances are you're best source of if the thing is i think i would always go out for a period of filling the well with inspiration and ideas from elsewhere when i didn't automatically know where to go from yeah so if you already got enough fuel in your tank to be able to make make work and have action Mm. uh you don't necessarily need to go and 
find other forms of inspo necessarily sure. because sure. it's it's there and then if you get stuck you're like oh i've I've done all this just fine, but when it comes to my podcast, I just want to see what a good format looks like or sounds totally, like. So totally. I might go, so and, go out and gather. Yeah. Go and having said that, it's not like, I mean, I always want to be reading books. I always want to be, you know, uh, feeding my mind, I think. But it's more like working on mindset rather than what are they doing and how can I do that? Um, what's, what's been a big challenge that you found? In, in creating work in this space? What's mm. <sighs> a big challenge? The more I grow, the more people inside of the industry in Australia are paying attention to me. And I actually at times feel challenged by them watching because I'm like, I'm not for you. Go away. That feels like a challenge. Um, I know though to grow and have the influence I want, it's going to mean like ruffling feathers, feathers. it's going to mean people being like, oh, I don't agree with what you said there. I was like, oh, you said something and that was actually wrong. Like that's not the anatomy or whatever. So I have to get used to being on the edge of discomfort all the time actually and just like revealing myself, revealing myself. So that is a brain break. It's a challenge. It's a great thing to acknowledge because you can't, because that fortunately, any fear you have around being watched will be trumped by the importance of reaching more people. Exactly. And therefore you'll be forced out of your comfort zone. But it's also good to know you'll just need to do some work around safeguarding yourself from being potentially stifled by the observation. Totally. Yeah. Can't, that can't create inaction. Yeah. And often even like just being, you saw my boys downstairs, like they're nuts and they take so much energy. Sometimes I'm just actually physically tired. I'm like, I'm stretched or I... I can't grab my concept today. You know, where is it? If I override that and show up in front of a camera anyway, all of my energy comes back. All of my aliveness arrives. The flow just comes. But if I was to wait until I'm like feeling great, I would never do anything. So it's like when I encourage people to self-pleasure and to like take care of their bodies, it's like if you only did that when you felt good, you would never do it. You do it, you have to reverse engineer this shit. So it's the same as my creative expression. It's like, I have to just go from nothing and then it arrives. And chances are, with creative expression, you're more than likely either going to be, you're going to be in the mood or not so much in the mood, but yep. then you get there and it's going to be there. And if it's not, then that's okay too. Yeah. And I just think that why not just turn up just to see, totally. you know? Turn up. And make bad work that day. Use it as an excuse to learn something that will make you make extra good work tomorrow. Yes, I love the idea of touching onto the idea. Of, I love touching onto the idea of having kids and trying to have a life around you know two very spirited <laughs> three and a half yeah. and six year old kids um, who are you know lovingly refer I lovingly refer to them as tugros today because they were just uh, you know rough and tumble yeah. wrestling like maniacs um what's how do you carve out time and space for yourself to be creative or to make see clients or make work in and around mm. you know being a lady in demand scheduling like really strong boundaries and scheduling uh have to schedule everything otherwise it can't get done and sometimes that feels like it's unsexy or it's like oh that's not creative you can't schedule creativity 
bullshit. That's a story that is not going to keep you in creative expression. Oh, I used to say, I just need all the low-hanging fruit. When it comes to me, I just need to do it there and then, otherwise it'll go. And that's all, it was just rhetoric. I'm like, actually, to be deeply effective, everything needs to have a place in the week. Um, yeah, so it's like a luxury to be able to do it anytime. And if you're not someone that can do it anytime, get really fall in love with scheduling. <laughs> Namaste. Um, I think that's, that's, that to me makes a lot of sense because for those who don't have kids, you know, when I complain about having no time to do something, I'm like, I look, I observe now that my friends are up to their second and third child. I'm like, if, if, my, if Ash Davenport can write a book, I can make a blog. Yes. I can edit a podcast. You know, because I think she was even saying it wasn't until she had her second child that she was like, I've never been more effective because I just know there's no fucking around. There's no fucking around. You have have an hour. So you either use it or you have to wait till next Wednesday before you have another hour. Yep. And so it's a great way to remind you that if you don't have a life or death, you know, situation as someone who's not got human beings relying on me to live, canine at best, um, a good dog that needs to be walked twice a day, but ultimately... I can turn up to the screen or to the page or to the edit and do the thing regardless of whether I feel like it mm. because it's either going to be life-changingly good, it'll either set the world on fire or it won't, yeah. and that, but that's not up to me to no. determine anyway. Yeah, and it's all important. Every mm. time you rock up there, it all has a place. Just like we were talking about in the stories, you know, at the beginning of the chat, it's like every single thing we ever did arrives in this conversation just like every other time you rock up at the screen and do a thing it will arrive in your next moment in your next offering in your next also worth flagging is if you set aside time to be creative and you turn up and you do the thing and you don't have the golden idea arrive or you don't have the breakthrough and the 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 creative concept that you were hoping that would come through don't forget that you're actually so many more you're all you're as many steps closer to having it having just turned turned up for that yeah i can't tell you how many times i've set aside a day to create something have t- spent all day banging my head against the wall looking at a blank screen been driving to the gym that evening and being like oh my god of course that's it mm. dictation pull over write the thing down that was that was the idea that's, yeah. what, I, that's what i spent all that time fos- like you know fossicking around for mm. and then it just came to me in a moment where i just let it let the reins go a little bit. Yeah. And so it's all good. It's all good. You could clear the cachet, clear the pipes, get it all out and build wiring. Actually, every time you do it, I think you're building like wiring for that behavior. I use the same analogy inside of like having people take care of their bodies, touch their bodies, move, sound, breathe, you know, masturbate, whatever. It's like, if you rock up and you don't enjoy it one day, you're building, you're sending those signals to your body, to your muscles, to your breath, to your blood, that you're showing up for it, you're showing up for it. And then, you know, in a matter of time, you've built the wiring for pleasure and, and arousal in your body. And then you go one day, oh, whoa, this is that moment that Tamika was talking about. Ah, oh, I can call it in. Whoa, here she is. But without every other piece of rubble, you're not going to get that. It's so much like my boyfriend Jace is learning to play the piano and he's such a perfectionist in so many parts of life and it's really hard for him to be shit mm. at something. Mm. And similarly, you know, he and I were going to do Italian classes and we were learning for the longest time. And you spend so long doing scales or running errands and trying to just get the learning into place, forge those neural pathways. Mm. 
and uh, it's you just can't not do that. It's the it's the you know it's the homework. Totally, you have to do. Yeah. We get everything so immediately now. Like, we're probably a bit unpracticed at the long game in lots of ways, I think. Like, our brains, you know, with our devices and our, the way that we live, it's like fast, like, want that, want that, want that. I feel like generations gone by probably had a better grip on being able, like, the long game and that patience and that building, you know? Because I think we've been shown so many examples of, like, prodigies or young people with the illusion of success on social media and we just think oh well you know surely 21 is the time that you're, yeah. you're you are your most successful because Bieber because Bieber yeah. um, what was be something that you would have loved to have known or to be able to have planted in your awareness going back to the beginning of this journey mm, give me an age maybe uh, well when you first when you decided to turn okay uh, semantic bodywork into an experience beyond the one-on-one when it went into when you were turning it into practical usable content mm, what would I like to plant in my brain and awareness um, I think it's the reminder that there is a student for every teacher and if somebody rocks up in front of me with the willingness to have a conversation or opt into learning there is always something that I can offer so it's the piece around good enough really it's like there's always a piece of wisdom that I've been taking for granted that lots of people don't know just because it's easy for me it's not for everyone I think I forget that at times so that I think when I lead with that through my days and like in my educating it's like this sounds simple it's not super simple so yeah that's so great to remember because the thing that you do most easily doesn't think doesn't seem that impressive to you yeah because you do it easily yeah but other people don't have that reality and you are able to be of service just by sharing that information and isn't it lovely when you first have the who me experience of people coming to you to ask you for your opinion or, and I'm sure if we backtrack in our lives, the things that we're trying to share as thought leaders would be things that people would sniff us out to talk to us about at mm. parties. Mm, exactly. <laughs> and that happens all the time. Yeah. Or in the inbox, like, oh, I just got a quick question. I just got a, you know, mm, okay. This is... <laughs> so so great, great reminder, like the universe slash your friends slash strangers are probably have probably been giving you clues for years yes. as to the thing that you should be sharing. Yes. Say that again. The people... The people around you, slash your friends, yes. slash the universe, slash strangers on the bus, have probably been... Forever. Have given, been giving you clues for years <laughs> as to the thing that you're meant to be sharing. It's true. And I'm, like, so passionate about when you say that and it excites me because forever people have always been talking to me about sex, their body, pleasure... From teenagehood onwards, I was had a sign on my head saying safe person to talk about sex with. And I just, why it took me so long to like, oh, that was my thing. So yes, true, I agree. People would come up to me randomly and go, I just started writing in a journal. <laughs> and I'm like, tell me more. Like, you know, and I, and I, and I, I just must have... Let people people go. Oh, he's living in pursuit of his creative exploration. 
he'll be a sympathetic yeah, ear yeah. to talk to about this or, or the opposite of that, which is I'm so blocked, I don't know what to do about X. Yeah. Um, and in one way or another, they would have that conversation. Yeah. And because consciously or unconsciously, they knew that I would be like, dish. Tell, Tell me, me everything. Yeah, yes. I need to know. And they want to show you their little that little bit. They're like, hey, this guy knows this little bit. Hey, look what I did. Yeah. You know? Exactly. And I, and I love that I would have had infinite energy to talk about it because yeah. I just am so interested in it. I, I would do it for free and for years was doing it yes. for free because I just love it. That's another clue. It, if it's effortless, that's your magic. It's effortless. I work if I have clients nine to five back to back at six o'clock, I've got energy. I'm not depleted. I'm not complaining. I'm not messed up. I'm like, that was easy. Beautiful. That's another tell all, I think. Yeah, it's, that's a really good sign. Yeah, I, I, I love that. And, you know, in, when we were getting ready to chat, you were like, I don't really know what this you know, conversation is going to be about, but I see so many parallels between which always happens to me in my conversations when I gravitate towards speaking to people at the stages that we're at with the yeah. turning what we know and love into an experience to be one to many. So I think that's, a, I, I will listen back to this and get next steps and learnings mm-hmm. for my own process from this conversation. But when I, um, I love to sort of wrap up by saying, if I was to check in with you in a year's time, what's something that is either a work in progress or a glimmer in your eye right now that you'd love to have nailed by then. Mm. Um, in a year's time, I will have m- like multiple online offerings that people can buy and use in their homes all around the world. Um, and I will have um, at least begun the book that I want to write. And I'll have a very popular podcast. Yes, you will. I'm yeah. surprised. You don't already. Yeah, well, that's, I'm making some decisions around what I want because there's two very, like, different things that that could be. Great. But, you know, I'll say that. Uh, I also love the idea that if you were, you were working in a, a spoken word rap space previously, the way in which you would attune your voice to have resonance on a vibrational level is a lovely way to think about how you can transmit expression in now a podcast space. Yes. Or a live conversation or one-on-one capacity totally yeah thanks for saying that that's a big part of my decision making process around what i want my podcast to be because i worked on the radio for a little while as well like you know doing things like that so yeah my voice it's very important to me so i'm like i want to nail like what she is and it could be more than one like in time but i want it to be yeah the right one yeah just focusing on one thing at a time is so great (laughs) yeah and I, i love the idea that people can tap into this these platforms and you could listen to it while you sleep and you'll still get something mm. out of it, you know? Mm. It's a vibrational attunement as much as it is a cognitive language idea thing. It's true, yeah. Mm. I, and thank you so much for having a chat. You're welcome. I, Thanks for asking.